Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. Whatever it is today that you feel like is barren. For some of you, I just had this. I'll just be completely honest this morning when we sang that song. I'm a broken man. I am a broken man. Is there any barren women and broken men in the room today that just need to just fall on his grace today? Fall on his mercy and fall on his goodness? Can we just, just in your own words, your own way, let's don't rush this. We're so thankful, Jesus, that you are faithful. We're so thankful, Jesus, that your nature your nature, it never fails us. You never fail us. You never walk out on us, God. You're always so faithful to finish what you start. And I hear the Lord saying, He's not done yet in your life. It feels barren, but He's not done yet. There's life and there's fruitfulness. He says He's not done yet. He's, you feel broken. You're broken. You're even your family, your marriage might be broken. Your, your, your body might be broken. But the Lord says he's not done yet. He's not done yet. He's the restorer of homes. The restorer of homes. The restorer of homes. It is not too late for your marriage. It's not too late for your kids. It's not too late for your home. The Lord says I'm restoring homes. And it's because he's good. It's because of his nature. Can we just give him some praise and worship in this place? Just on your lips, tell him how good he is. Lord, you have been faithful. You have been true. You have been a friend. You've been a faithful father. Come on. Come on. Don't, don't, don't dip out right now. Come on. Just worship him on your lips. Put a song on your lips right now because he's worthy of it. Think about what he's done in your life but just turn it back to praise. We're so thankful, Jesus. We're so thankful. We worship you. We love you. He's a redeemer. He's a restorer. And he doesn't do it halfway. He doesn't do it halfway. faithful 100% a redeemer let's do this if you're in the room today and you're facing an impossible situation maybe it's in your your life and your marriage and your finances your body whatever it is you feel like you've hit a wall in there you can't get out of it I want you just to raise your hand just be bold enough to raise your hand body of Christ family of God put your hand on somebody who's got their hand up And let's pray according to the faithfulness and goodness of Jesus that he'll intervene in their their lives, okay? Speak to the situation. Speak to the ailment, whatever it is. We claim the goodness of a good, good father in this room right now over every situation, every seeming impossibility. Nothing is impossible with God. Come on, lift your voices. Let's pray. Let's pray. My house shall be called a house of prayer.
Things are being broken. Things are being healed. He's so good. He's better than we think he is. He wants to show us. He wants to show you how good he is. Break out of disappointment. Break out of hopelessness. Sometimes, sometimes we have to do something. You know? Sometimes it's not just enough to know something. Sometimes we have to put feet to our faith and actually do something. That's why we take moments like this. There is no hopeless situation when Jesus comes in the room. You remember the story about the, the little girl that had died? His perspective was, Jesus wasn't, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't saying you're mistaken, she's not dead. He said you're dead, she's not dead, she's just sleeping. It was his perspective. Because he knew what he intended to do. There's no hopeless situation with Jesus. There's nothing impossible. So Jesus, we thank you that you're faithful. We thank you that you're good. We thank you that you actually want what's best. As, as, as jacked up as religion has made our minds, we believe that you want what's best for your kids. Just like we want what's best for our kids, if good fathers know how to good, give, give good gifts to their children, how much more do you? So, Lord, we're just thankful. Father, we're thankful that you're a good father. You're a good father. Come on, just say that. You're a good father. Because sometimes you need to do something, not just know something. You are a good father. We love you, Jesus. Let's give Jesus one more shout this morning of praise, adoration. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much.
like, some of y'all not used to this. I'm not either. But I like it. I like it a lot. No. Hey, guess what? Who was here last week for Easter? It looks like Easter in here this morning. Did y'all get the memo that was that last week? It's a full house today. I see a bunch of hungry people. Are you hungry for Jesus? Speaking of hungry, there's nothing like a family vacation to throw off your healthy eating habits. Can I get a witness? Who has derailed on vacation? What is it about vacation? It's just like you go to Disney and it's just you just drop loads of money. You, you don't even know why you're doing it. You're just swiping cards and like that's the way I do with food. I'm just like... It's vacation. We can eat like we want to and then, you know, salads on Monday, you know. We went to D.C. two weeks ago, and I couldn't talk about this on Easter because it's, I needed to be super spiritual last week. But we ate at this place, and I'm not, like, going to do a commercial for them or anything. I'll just tell you what happened there. For an Alabama boy, cornbread's important. It's kind of a staple. And if it's in a cast iron skillet, you got my attention. And I'm not. Uh, and so we went to this place, and that was one of the, the appetizers. And we don't ever get appetizers, but we're on vacation. You got to do appetizers, right? So they bring out the cornbread, and they've got some butter sitting there and some honey. So you just drag that cornbread through that, and it don't stay together because it's good cornbread. What does this have to do with my message? Nothing at all. And I've shot myself in the foot because now all you just want to do is eat and leave and not listen to me. I wish he'd hurry up. Who's got cornbread? Some of y'all searching right now. Best cornbread in Savannah. I'm telling you. Do, do people up north eat cornbread? Is that, a, is that a thing? I know a lot of you guys aren't from, from the south. Um, Anyway, I'm still on the cornbread. I'm sorry. The point was, Easter was last week, and Jesus is doing a lot in people's lives, and a lot of people said yes to Jesus. And so one of the things that we're going to be able to do uh, on April 30th, the last Sunday of the month, we're having Baptism Sunday. So um, here's, here's the thing. If you've never followed the Lord in baptism, water baptism. You, you know what baptism is, by the way? Let's do a little short teaching on it. It's, it's, it's going under the water and coming up a new person. So it's more than just water. It's actually more than just a, hey, family and friends, here's my decision to follow Jesus. No, it's a statement. It's a line in the sand that says, I'm no longer part of that kingdom. I'm in a new kingdom a new way of life, a new king. And, um, and man, I think we sometimes we discredit the power of baptism and communion, honestly, because uh, we just relegate it to something symbolic. But I'm telling you, there's power in it, and it's a line in the sand. If you've never drawn the line in the sand with baptism, once you go to the dwellingchurch.org slash, is that a slash, baptism, and sign up. And then we'll be in contact with you and be like, hey, what's going on in your life, all that. A lot of you guys maybe were raised in environments where baptized when you were a kid and all that. But your relationship with Jesus has happened since. 
that's for you. Baptism is like, hey, draw the line in the sand and walk with Jesus. And so baptism is happening in a couple weeks. So go online again, thedwellingchurch.org slash baptism. Sign up. Are y'all having fun in your communities? If you've not joined a community, I know we got a lot of new people here this morning. If you're not plugged into a community, it's not too late. And it won't be awkward walking in. They're going to love the stew out of you. And uh, so go to thedwellingchurch.org, find a community, join one. Find one near you. There's a coffee shop or there's a home somewhere close to where you live to get plugged in with people. And it's important that we do life with people, right? We can, we're, not, we're not rogues on this thing. We're not, we're, we're not supposed to be solitary uh, in our relationships. Y'all know what I'm saying. Get in a community, okay. All right. Um, Christian J did an amazing job two weeks ago. Just following through on our Becoming series. We're in a series called Becoming. And the whole idea is we're being formed into the image of Christ. And we're, we're, we're um, saying a lot of things like uh, journey and spiritual formation and a lot of those terms. And what we mean by that is that we're just becoming more like Jesus. How many know that when you came to Christ, there was a transaction that happened inside of you where you were, the old things passed away and everything became new in Christ. Like you, the dead man came alive and Jesus started living in you. There was, a, there was an instantaneous transaction that happened. But the reality is of the Christian life is catching up to what happened to you. And a lot of that is being renewed in your mind to what actually happened in your spirit. When your spirit came alive in Christ, sometimes it takes us a long time to actually believe that and start living it, walking it out. That process is called spiritual formation. Romans 8, 29 says, for those God foreknew, pause, he's always had you on his mind. He's always had you on his mind. For th those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. He's not only always had you on his mind, he's always had you in his plans. I love the fact that we sang that this morning. He's got good plans. And his primary plan and goal for your life is that you look like Jesus. Be conformed into his image. Robert Mulholland in his book, Invitation to a Journey, which we are quoting a whole lot in this series just because it's really, really good. He says, spiritual formation is the process of being formed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. The process of being formed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. And that's what I want us to really lean into is it's not as much as we love. I mean, our statement is we create spaces for people to encounter God and discover their identity and fulfill their purpose. How many know there's these encounters that mark our life? I don't know. I don't know if it's a worship service or if it was a youth camp or if it's when you're in your room with your Bible and you just have this moment with God and it seems to just rearrange you. Have you ever had a moment like that? Those we welcome those moments. We love those moments. That is part of walking with Jesus. But that is not all there is to walking with Jesus, because if we think that it is, 
We will go to conference, to conference, to conference from Sunday to Sunday to Sunday thinking that God's only available to us in that format. When actually the Lord walks with us in every season of our lives. I love the songs we sang this morning because it, they just, all of them speak to just the walk. Just the walk that we're on and he's in every single season of our lives. Every stage of spiritual development. Another book that I'll um, plug is Emotionally Healthy Spirituality from Pete Cazero. That's the whole thing. I won't go through the stages again this morning. By the way, Christian did a better job of summarizing my previous messages than I did preaching them. And so go listen to that two weeks ago of just what the stages of spiritual development are. What we were doing in that series, in that, in those first, what, three or four uh, messages was we're, if we're going on a journey, where are we going? So that's what we established in those. And today I want to talk about how do you get there? And Christian touched on this two weeks ago of there are disciplines or spiritual practices that we walk out with Jesus to get us there. So what's the goal? Becoming like who? Jesus. How do we get there? By being with him, becoming like him, doing what he did. So um, how do we get there? Disciplines. There are disciplines that form us into Christ. And for the rest of this series, becoming, say, how long is this going to be? Y'all know how we are around here. I don't know yet. If the Lord wants to talk, we're going to let him talk. And so um, the disciplines are what we're going to focus on. Now, some of y'all triggered already disciplines. Ugh. I just want Jesus to show up and just like bibbity bobbity boo and change me and like I don't know about this discipline thing. Like have you seen me try to diet? Hadn't worked out real good, you know. But the disciplines are just if you don't want to call them that, just call them habits, practices. Um and I'll give two caveats before we jump into this. Number one, it is not you changing yourself. Right? It is God's work in you. He who began a good work in you will complete it. It is he who does the work. But it is our partnership with him that enables that. So it's both and. It's that whole tension in the kingdom thing. God's already done it. God's going to do it. But we have a part to play in it. There's a partnership. All right. And then the key number two is this. The disciplines are not to replace God in our lives. So some of us think that if we're reading our Bible, we're praying, we're going to church, we're maybe even fasting or maybe even practicing Sabbath, that we are walking with Jesus and we know him. That's not a replacement for actual relationship. The disciplines are the means for a growing relationship. But don't think because we're doing the stuff that we actually know him. Okay, so it is, do you see, do you feel the tension in all of this? Like there's a reality of what he's already done, but we've got to walk it out. Philippians 2, 12 through 13 says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. This is Paul talking to the church at Philippi. And he says this, work out your own salvation. 
with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Everybody say, work it out. Work out your own salvation. He didn't say work for your own salvation. That's been done. But that's, this, is, this is the whole thing. What's been done in you now has to be worked out of you into the way that you talk, think, act, live, all right, behave. So they're not just religious exercises to make God like us. Don't get it twisted. That's why Paul says with fear and trembling because you got to be careful how you approach this. Because if, if, if you're working out your own salvation, it's really, really easy to fall back and forget about the whole grace thing and think that it's all up to us. And, and that's where we got to be careful. It's not up to us. It is a partnership between us and the Father and what he's doing in our lives. So the spiritual disciplines in Mulholland's words are acts of loving obedience we offer to God steadily and consistently to be used for whatever work God purposes to do in and through our lives. So they're not trying to get something out of God. Well, I read my Bible today. God's not going to bless me if I didn't read my Bible. Oops. Oh, if I don't pray enough, or if I don't fast like this super spiritual friend of mine, then I'm not pleasing God. Listen, none of this has to do with any of that anyway. Jesus hung on a cross for you. He paid the ultimate price. And now all of our life is just a response to that truth for what he's done in us and for us. And so the only motivation should just be this love response. If I open this book, yes, it is a discipline. I'm on a, I'm on a yearly Bible reading plan right now. Have you ever done that? That's pretty cool. I love version Bible app, by the way. They make it a little bit easier <laughs> for us. Like, what day am I on? Um, and I'm not as hardcore as some of our um, college students right now going through a 10-week, 6 a.m. Bible study through the whole Bible. How many books of the Bible do you have to read in a week to make it through in 10 weeks? Two books a day? Oh, that's not. Oh, two books. I'm like two chapters a day. Two books a day. 6 a.m. But you know, this generation, there's... But it's out of love. It's out of hunger. I, I heard this said one time. Um, you know, when in the natural, in your physical body, you're hungry, so you eat. And one of the things about spiritual disciplines is in the spiritual, you eat to get hungry. It's like you, there, is, there, is the, there are these moments where I'm just so hungry. I just want to be with God. But sometimes the disciplines actually create a hunger in you. If you'll, if you'll start a Bible reading plan and you're in that word every day, you're like, oh, I'm used to this and I'm loving this. Like I'm loving what Jesus is saying to me through his word and I want to be in the word. So you eat to get hungry. There I am again, cornbread, talking about food again. So I want to talk about a spiritual discipline today uh, called prayer. And I'll just go ahead and say this, that my whole life, I have looked at prayer 
I've been a little weird and religious about prayer. And I would, I would just assume that many of you have too. Just because of the way we're taught about prayer. I've always thought that prayer was really nothing more than discipline. But what I'm learning in this season of my life, if I could just say one, if I could say one thing that's summarizing my life right now, it would be God's changing me through prayer. He is changing my life. He's changing my mind. He's changing my heart. And I'll tell you what he's doing through prayer rooms here. And I'll just tell you this. If, if you don't know about this, we have currently we have three prayer sets throughout the week where people come in this room and just sit in God's presence and pray. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little later. But um, if you're interested in that, Mondays, 11 to 1. It's a midday during lunch. It's two hours long. Monday, 11 to 1, come and go kind of thing. Wednesday nights, 7 to 9. And then Thursdays, 11 to 1. And so that, the, these are the first fruits of what's actually going to happen because the Lord's making us a house of prayer. He's, he's, turn, he's changing us, transforming us into what he always intended for his church. And if, you, if this is new to you, it won't be in a few years. Because the whole church is going to get on board with this. I'm not talking about the dwelling. I'm talking about like it's what he's doing in the body of Christ right now. He's actually returning us to, rather than a Sunday morning entertainment event, he's actually taking us back into prayer and becoming a house of prayer. And uh, so anyway, we'll get off on that. But prayer, I think I've seen it as a doing thing. And not so much a being thing. And one of the things that I'm asking the Lord in, in my life right now is make me a house of prayer. Like make, it, make me that place that's a house of prayer. Make, make me a man that is just my first reaction is to pray. We were, we were facing something difficult the other night. And I'm just being honest, I was down in the dumps. And um, just, it's just hard. I mean, life's just hard sometimes. And uh, I think the more we're honest about that, the more we'll probably deal with it a little better. Rather than saying, brother, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I don't know about you. Like, that's just garbage sometimes. Christian garbage. Um, but it's just really, really hard. And Bethany said something about, you want to pray about this? No, I don't want to pray. That's what I said. No, I don't want to pray about it. Didn't I? Didn't I? No, I don't want to pray about this. And so I stayed up. She just went to bed. Okay. <laughs> And I just stayed up for two or three more hours just worrying. Fun. So, but I don't want to be like that. This, this, the, what he's doing in my life, it's like, if I'm honest, this is my, it's my lifeline right now. Like, what, what he's doing in my life through prayer is, is, is he's helping me to realize I can't do anything without him. I, I can't do anything without him. He's the vine. I'm the branches. Apart from him, I can't do anything. And so it makes prayer so much more than just this, well, did I pray today? Did I go to prayer room? Did I, you know, it, it, it's, not, it's not so much an event as it is an, a lifestyle of prayer. It's not just about doing, it's about being. 
It's not primarily relational. I mean, it's not primarily functional. It's relational. I think sometimes we can come to prayer with, a, with like our prayer list. And if you have a prayer list, I'm not throwing shade. I love that. And I do that. But if we see it as a prayer list and we stop there, we're missing out on a divine invitation to know the Father's heart so much more than we do. I think sometimes we, we approach prayer this way and we, we go to God and we say, okay, God, I need this. And so we're seeing one part of his character, one part of his nature is he's a giver. Is he a giver? Yeah. Is he more than a giver? If I don't ever come to prayer with the, with the intent of getting outside of my needs, I won't ever know him like he wants me to know him. And so one of the things that has um, really helped, well, I'll just read this, Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious for anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. If there's one word that is pretty much the word for our generation right now is anxiety. And I, I don't know when you read that, it might even trigger or offend you that the Bible says don't be anxious. Well, I can't help it. Well, the Bible doesn't give us commands that he doesn't give us the power, yeah, to do it, okay? So I think a lot of times we got a lot of powerless mindset going on in the body of Christ. But, and, and I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not brushing over the fact that there are chemical things going on and all that stuff. I'm not. I believe if you've been here long enough, you know, I'll tell you, go to the doggone doctor. Go get you some counseling and therapy. I go. I got an appointment in a couple of weeks just to follow up. This is important to your life. But it's, those are the means through which we actually don't be anxious. And some of you need, need to hear this. Don't settle for anxiety in your life. Don't just say, it's who I am. Let's work on this with Jesus and let him set us free. And it might not be, it might be an altar call moment where he sucks the anxiety and that, that thing out of you. But, but I'll tell you more often than not what it is. It's walking with him and deepening trust with Jesus. And in a life like that, anxiety increasingly doesn't have space anymore. And that's just, that's just how he does it. So don't be anxious about anything, but, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. There's another place Paul says, be thankful in all things. It doesn't mean be thankful for all things. How many, how many of you know some of y'all going through some stuff right now? It's hard to be thankful for. And I don't know that God's even asking you to do that. He says, be thankful in that. Be thankful in that. In the middle of the season that you're in that's so hard, find some stuff to be thankful for. Do you know the, the, one of the best things you do for your mental health is to just list things you're thankful for? 
it changes the way you see. And so I'm going to I'm going to prayer I'm going to train you all in prayer room right now. Okay? This is how we pr- train our prayer room leaders and this is the model that we use in prayer rooms here at the dwelling, but it's also a really cool model that you can use in your own life. Are y'all ready? You're so excited, I can tell. All right, so here you go. Here's what a typical prayer room looks like around here. Um, The first 30 minutes, we're just thanking God. It's just Thanksgiving. If we go an hour giving thanks, we just got so much to be thankful for, that's cool. We're not on a schedule. But we we take that first portion and we just... Come on, Andrew, let's just do this. How about, sometimes you just need to do it, okay? So come on over here and play something for us. And we're just going to, right there where you are, bow your head, close your eyes. We're going to do a little activation right here instead of just teaching. I want you to think about one thing that you're thankful for. Time out. Have you ever... I do this with our kids sometimes. And I probably pick the worst moments to do this. Hey, you guys, pick out something you're thankful for because everybody's got stinky attitudes, you know. I'm not thankful for anything, you know. Like when you're stressed, when you're in pain, it's really hard to find something that you're thankful for. And you may be sitting in that this morning in, in that reality. But right now, close your eyes. Okay, back to prayer. Okay, spiritual. What are you thankful for? Do you realize that every good and perfect gift has come from your Father? Every good and perfect gift. Man, even if it was that cup of coffee on the way in today, do you realize that's a gift? Just to enjoy what He's created? That walk over the bridge, seeing God's creation, that was a gift. That bike ride here was a gift. That that drive was a gift. The breath that we took this morning was a gift. So I just want you just right there under your breath, just thank you, Jesus, for that. Maybe just even say it out loud. Thank you for... about a couple other things. What are you thankful for today? Just tell them. What I've noticed in my own life and in prayer room is that when I'm when I'm thankful, the weight starts to lift. When I'm thankful, the atmosphere starts to change. What was kind of consuming my mind starts to kind of fade. Okay, look up here. I see tears in the room. That's just the response of, thank you, Jesus. And so I, I love what our worship team does. Adam started this, I don't know how long ago. But before they rehearse, they get here and rehearse, by the way. There's a lot goes on to prepare on Sundays. 
from when we come to church. An amazing team, not just worship team, but hospitality and kids team and every everybody that makes it happen. But one of the things I, I, I get to see every Sunday is the worship team. They'll rehearse, and sometimes it goes smooth, sometimes it's a struggle, and they're up here, and it never fails. They say, okay, what are you thankful for? That's how they end their rehearsals. And I'm telling you, I don't know if that might not be the key to how they lead us into the presence of the Lord like they do, because they've been there first. And the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's how we approach God. So we don't approach with our needs. Do we have needs? Yeah. Jesus said, your father knows what you need before you even ask him. So that's not the point of prayer. The, the point of prayer is relationship. And so thanksgiving is a really good way to kind of just set your affections on him. Because here's what thanksgiving does. It reminds us of what he's done. Do you know what thanksgiving opens the door for? Worship. Because once we've, once we've reminded ourselves of what he's done, it actually gives us a clue to who he is. Okay, catch this. Has he been good to you? Just nod your head if, if that's so. Do you know why he's been good to you? Because he's good. <laughs> it's who he is. Okay? And so, I want you to think about what you just thanked God for. Alright? Now close your eyes. And I want you to think about the part of his nature, the part of his character that made him do that. What's a word? Somebody just shout one out. I didn't hear that. Love? Okay. Okay. So think about an attribute and then worship him. You know, you don't need a, a worship team to lead you. You can be right by yourself and you can enter into worship. So thank you, Jesus for being good to me. Thank you, Jesus, for being good to my family. It's because you are good. Oh, God, you are so good. So right now, just on your lips, that attribute, just tell him how good he is. Tell him who he is. Tell him who he is to you. And worship him. And, and here's, here's the thing. A lot, of, a lot of what we do in prayer room it, it doesn't, it's not about just rushing through things so we can get to the needs. No. Der, I think it was Derek Prince said, if you've got 10 minutes to pray, eight minutes of it is worship. Like make eight minutes of it worship because then you're actually in the right place to pray. Because <laughs> you've seen what he's done. You've seen who he is. Your, 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 your view is clear. And you can actually pray from a place, a right motive. And actually play, pray with faith. And so right now, let's just do that. Sometimes we just sing a song. Jesus, you're good. I mean, we may sing of your goodness for half an hour or more, but you're good, you're good, you're good. It's been an hour and a half, but we can't just, we can't stop singing about how good you are, Jesus. Will we get to prayer? I don't know. You're good. I don't even know if I have needs anymore because I see how good you are. 
This is prayer. This is prayer. And then we, we move into this place of intercession. And honestly, sometimes you don't even get to it. But look at me. You've seen what he's done. And you give him thanks. Which leads you to see who he is. And you give him worship. Which leads you to see your problems, your needs, the world around you in a different light. Am I right? And then you pray with faith and you pray with confidence. You pray with boldness, not out of panic. How many times do we come to Jesus in a panic? When if we'd have started with thanks and we've seen him rightly, we can actually pray and actually know what he wants. Jesus said, you pray according to my will, it'll be done for you. What if knowing his will comes from knowing his heart, comes from seeing him rightly? So maybe instead of rushing into the closet with needs, we rush into the closet with our thanks. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I'm going to say this again. If you got 10 minutes to pray, worship for eight. That's really good. Prayer is relational. Let me ask you a question. And this is an honest question. I know some of you guys in the room, you've been praying for years. Some of you grew up in houses of prayer where that's all you did your whole childhood. And some of you are like, you know, Gunnar, I pray, but I don't feel like I get anywhere. I feel like I hit a brick wall. I don't feel like God is a friend. And I just want to tell you today that he wants to be. That prayer doesn't have to be transactional or functional. It can be relational in your life. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand. And um, we're going to close in prayer in just a minute. But before we do that, I want to give the opportunity for somebody who doesn't know the Lord in a personal way to just say yes to Jesus today. You know, we, we make it difficult sometimes. But it's just believing and confessing that what Jesus did on the cross was for us. And Jesus, I believe that you died for me, carrying my sin so that I could be reunited with you. It's my sin that separated me from you. And you died for me on the cross. And you're giving me new life today. All I have to do is reach out and take it. That's for somebody here. If that's you... Just right now in these moments, just say, Jesus, I'm coming to you. And it's not based on our merit or our effort. It's just our faith. I believe and I'm coming to you. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. If that's you today, would you respond? Would you just respond? Community leaders, you guys that are here, would you come on up and take your spots at the, at the stage and just be ready to receive people for prayer? Hey, guys, there's some people that lead our communities that I was talking about a while ago. They're going to be up here to pray for you. If you made that decision today as, hey, I want to follow Jesus today for the first time, come up and tell one of these guys about it. If you have a need in your life, 
a need for prayer, that you need prayer over or whatever that looks like too, that's what this time is for, okay? Andrea's gonna play us out today. Are you encouraged? Do you maybe have some practicals on some prayer uh, lifestyle in your life? It's more than what we think it is, all right? So let's just pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for prayer. Thank you for, thank you for partnership. Thank you for your nearness. Just like I was talking to somebody this morning, sometimes all it takes is just to look up and say, there you are. We thank you for moments that remind us, there you are. I pray that throughout our week this week, we'd have those reminders that you're with us, that you never leave us, you never forsake us. Lord, make us a house of prayer. Would you just put your hand on your heart and say, Lord, make me a house of prayer. Make me a woman of prayer, a man of prayer. If you're a man, don't say woman. Don't, like, you know how to do that, right? Lord, change us. Do a work in us. Ignite in us again, Lord, a passion for prayer. Ignite in my heart, Jesus, a passion for prayer. We ask right now that you'd pour out a spirit of prayer on this church in a greater measure than we've ever known. We pray for all the houses of worship in the city of Savannah and beyond to just be gripped, God, with a spirit of prayer and worship and intercession. We pray for more houses of prayer. We pray for prayer rooms to spring up everywhere across this city. Lord, that the atmosphere would be completely changed because we've created a space to minister to you first. Lord, we want that to be true of our lives every moment. So God, make us a house of prayer. Thank you for calling your church back to its original assignment. And we say yes to all that you've done, all that you said to us today. We thank you for being so good, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say it. Amen. If you need prayer, come up. Love y'all. See you next week. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.